0: Welcome to the Business Law Podcast, the podcast where we demystify the law. Jonathan Fleischer is your host, and in each episode, we will unravel legal complexities and delve into intriguing topics that directly impact your business, from contract essentials to litigation strategies and everything in between. Join us to explore the fascinating intersection of law and entrepreneurship. So tune in for expert insights and captivating discussions that make the legal side of business not just understandable, but actually interesting. Let's dive in. This podcast is not intended as legal advice. Seek legal counsel for all legal issues. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining another week of getting all of your legal questions answered. This week's question is, will a Besden clause in my contract be enforceable? All right, let's first define some uh, terms of what we're referring to when we talk about a Besden clause in a contract before getting down to the details. So if I sign a contract with somebody, say we're starting a business together and so we set up a contract. And I put in the contract that, in the case of any dispute, the parties agree to submit to the arbitration of Besdin Sadek of whatever town you're in. All right, that's the kind of arbitration agreement we are talking about. Uh, what we are not talking about is where you have two parties that go to a Besdin and sign an agreement in the Besdin to be bound by the decision of the Besdin. That's a completely separate discussion. Um, with separate issues when you actually get to the arbitration, but that's not what we're discussing. We're discussing a step before actually going to Besden, right? So let's say now people have a dispute. Um, they have the contract. One of them wants to take the other one to court. Uh, instead of taking it to court, the other party says, you can't take me to court because we have this arbitration agreement. In our contract, it says that in the case of a dispute, we are going to go to a Besden right? We're not going to go to court. We're going to go to a Besden or some other arbitration forum. Um, Is that enforceable? Yes or no? So the answer, generally speaking, and of course, we're going to get into some more detail, but generally speaking, yes, that is enforceable. Um Courts throughout the country have held that arbitration agreements in a contract are enforceable. And even though – um People have a right, generally speaking, a constitutional right to a trial by a jury and to have their matters heard before a court. Um, if you decided to bargain that away in a contract, you decided to give up that right, you can give up that right. Um, this was codified by the federal government in the FAA um, where the federal government said basically um, our courts take forever, not just the federal courts, state courts as well. Um, and so if two parties agree to go to arbitration, we're going to get behind that decision full force. We're going to enforce it, uh, because it's good policy where two parties have agreed to go to arbitration to put them into arbitration. And so the federal government, which of course means that this policy is then applicable throughout the country, says that arbitration agreements, uh, have basically we have a liberal policy as far as enforcing them. Liberal over here does not mean liberal as opposed to conservative. Liberal meaning we will err on the side of enforcing them as opposed to on the side of not enforcing them, right? So where there's a question of policy, whether something should be enforceable or should not be enforceable, the general direction that a court should be moving towards is enforcing the arbitration agreement. All right, New Jersey pretty much even though the federal law applies regardless, but New Jersey has passed its own arbitration laws. And again, it's pretty much the same idea um, that New Jersey law favors arbitration. And so in most cases where you have a question as to, let's say, some kind of strange situation that hasn't been decided before and we want to know uh, if the arbitration agreement is going to be enforceable or not, generally speaking, courts will – lean towards enforcing arbitration agreements as opposed to not enforcing arbitration agreements. So let's get into some practicalities, all right, things that happen kind of on a day-to-day basis. Um, Let's talk about whether there's any pitfalls and are there ways out of uh, an arbitration agreement or is there something that will make an arbitration agreement in your contract unenforceable? All right, now the most common uh, way to make an arbitration agreement unenforceable uh, is where we're talking about consumer contracts or employment contracts, right? As opposed to contracts where you have two people of equal bargaining power um, who come to an agreement together uh, either to buy and sell something, to do some work uh, where one is being hired to do work for the other, those are not consumer contracts. Those are contracts between two parties of more or less uh, equal bargaining power. Whereas a consumer contract is more like uh, if you go onto Amazon and you click buy now, um, when you click that, you're agreeing to all the terms and conditions of Amazon's website, right? You obviously have no power to bargain against Amazon. If you call up Amazon uh, when before you try and place your order and say, I want to negotiate the terms of this purchase, Amazon is going to tell you, obviously, uh, go jump in the lake. Amazon is not going to negotiate their terms of service for your $20 purchase on their website. So what happens then if the terms of service say that in the case of any dispute with Amazon, you cannot go to court, you're going to go to arbitration? Well, this is a consumer contract. And in consumer contracts, New Jersey courts have made uh, some more um, some more extensive requirements uh, for the arbitration clauses that will go into the contract in order for them to be enforceable. And what New Jersey courts have required is that the contract has to spell out exactly uh, what rights are being waived by the consumer uh, when he agrees to go to arbitration. And of course, the right that's being waived is the constitutional right to a trial by jury um, and the right to have uh disputes heard in a court of law. And so if you if if you're a company or an employer, and this is where it applies to lots of small businesses, if you are an employer, uh again, courts look at that uh as an employee uh not having much bargaining power as against an employer, and so in many cases that will be construed as a consumer contract. Um, If you want to have an arbitration clause in there, you want to have yeah. a Besnan clause that's going to be enforceable in court, it's very important to include language that says um, that you are making the either the employee or the consumer aware that by agreeing to go to arbitration in this contract, he's waiving his right to be heard in a court of law and he's waiving his right to a trial by jury. And the reason you have to do that again is because since there's a constitutional right being waived, and there's unequal bargaining power, courts want to protect the consumer and make sure that he's well aware of what he's signing up for. All right, and what rights are being waived? Now, again, this only applies, um, this only applies in consumer contracts. But when you've got two businesses that are, or two businessmen, or just two people. uh, to lay people who enter into a contract together. Um, the assumption is, look, you know, if, if you're old enough and mature enough and smart enough to enter into a contract together, you have equal bargaining power, more or less, um, then you're smart enough to know what you're signing up for with an arbitration agreement. And so in a case like that, where there's no issue of unequal bargaining power, um, courts do not have the same requirement. And pretty much as long as the contract says that the parties agree to go to arbitration, the court will enforce the arbitration clause. Now, what happens um, – some kinds of interesting cases come up. What happens if, for instance, uh, two parties agree on an arbitration agreement? Right. They agree on an arbitration clause. So they sign a contract and they say that uh, in the event of any dispute, um, disputes are going to be decided by Besden Sadek of whatever town they're in. Then the day comes and they have their dispute, and Besden Tzedek is no longer in service, right? The people who were running Besden Sedek at the time the contract was signed moved on with their lives. They moved to a different town. The Besden doesn't exist anymore. So what happens now? Do we say, well, since the forum that they agreed upon is no longer available, therefore the entire arbitration agreement is now null and void? Or do we say, no, they agree to arbitrate? If they can't go to that arbitrate, if they can't go to that arbitral forum, let them either agree on another one or if they can't agree on another forum, let the court decide on a forum. Uh, This is actually a fairly recent case in 2020 decided by the Supreme Court in New Jersey. Um, The answer is that we will still enforce the arbitration agreement. Again, this is because um, since we have a liberal policy towards enforcing arbitration agreements, even where the original form that they agreed upon is no longer available, um, the court will still enforce the agreement and the court will tell them either you either you guys agree on a forum that uh, you're going to have your arbitration in and if you can't agree, then the court will appoint an arbitrator, right? So essentially what happens is the court says we're going to take as much of the contract, uh, as much of the arbitration agreement as we can and enforce it and whatever – Whatever portion of it can't be enforced is going to have to be filled in by the court, right? which is not an uncommon concept in law. Um, that court will fill in gaps in contracts where necessary, um, but it is kind of uh, a new idea that this can be done with an arbitration agreement uh, because prior to this case, many courts held um, that if there was a specific arbitral form that was agreed upon, that you cannot then force the parties to go to a different one. But again, now that law has been changed um, several years ago, and now even if the original arbitral forum that was agreed upon is not available, the parties will still be forced to go to arbitration rather than bring their case to court. Now, an interesting case that comes up a lot is where you have multiple parties in a dispute, and some of them signed an arbitration agreement, and some of them did not. All right, so let's give an example. Let's say Let's say I own a piece of land. I want to, I want to build a building, right? So I go and I hire a builder. The builder hires a contractor. Um, the contractor hires out all of his different subcontractors, right? And they're all going and building my building. Now, when I started with the, uh, with the contractor or the building company, if there's any difference, um, we signed a contract and let's say that contract includes an arbitration agreement. But let's say the subs who get hired for the job, uh, the primary contractor doesn't have detailed contracts with all of them um, and he does not have an arbitration agreement in his contract with the subcontractors, right? Now, I as the landowner, I have no contract with the subcontractors. I only have with the uh, with the general contractor uh, and the subs have a contract with the general contractor but that contract has no arbitration agreement. All right, comes the day, one of the subs screws something up, and now my building is, everything's being delayed by three months, and it's costing me an extra $50,000, $100,000, and so I, as a landowner, I turn around, I sue the general contractor, and I sue the subcontractor, all right? General contractor says, says to the court, hey, he can't take me to court, we have a signed arbitration agreement, it says we're going to go to Besden, we have to go to Besden. The court says, fine but then the sub comes in and says well you may have had an arbitration agreement with him but you don't have an arbitration agreement with me and so i would rather stay in court is he allowed to do that can we split the uh, can we split up the case essentially even though the issues largely are going to be exactly the same right we're going to be talking about how much damages there were um whether this was you know whatever we'll go into whether somebody was negligent or not negligent uh it's going to be the exact same issues that are going to be heard for the contractor and for the subcontractor and so can we split that up and the answer is yes courts have split it up and they said look it 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 may it may be a waste of everyone's time to split it up but ultimately uh, the parties who signed the arbitration agreement can be forced into arbitration and you can't force the other party into arbitration because he never waived his right to uh, to the use of the court system, which he is entitled to by the Constitution. And so since he never waived that right, you cannot force him into arbitration. All right. So courts will split up cases. Um, this happens all the time and it's a pain, but uh, that's the way courts are going to do it. Now – What happens if the subcontractor turns around and says, look, I know you didn't have an arbitration agreement with me, but you did have an arbitration agreement with the general contractor, and I would rather go to Besden as well. I don't want to go to court. I'd much rather go to Besden. Can the subcontractor turn around and say to the owner, well, since you are already in arbitration on these issues... Um, even though I don't have an arbitration agreement with you, I am volunteering to go join the arbitration rather than go to court with you. Is that – uh assuming the landowner doesn't want to take him into Besden, um, can he force the landowner to take him to Besden instead of court? And the answer is it is – this is a complicated question. Generally speaking, um, courts will not allow – this is also a fairly recent case law on this. Generally speaking, courts will not allow uh, a non-signatory to force uh, either one of the parties into arbitration even though the two signatories to the agreement are already in arbitration. Again, since there's no agreement between the subcontractor and the landowner, the subcontractor cannot force the landowner into arbitration. There are some exceptions – uh, that courts have carved out, such as where you have, uh, agency. So if let's say, uh, you hire a company to do something for you and then an employee of the company messes up, right? And now you want to sue the company and you also want to sue that employee, right? Now, you only have an arbitration agreement with the company, not with the employee himself. In that kind of case, the courts have held that since the employee is acting as an agent of the company and it's the exact same issues being uh, litigated as the company and the employee, it's literally the exact same events that are being litigated. Courts have held in that kind of case, since the employee was an agent of the company, uh, the employee will be included in the arbitration agreement and can then force the plaintiff into arbitration. However, the plaintiff cannot force the employee into arbitration since the employee never actually signed an arbitration agreement. All right. So that's uh, the basics of how and when courts will enforce arbitration agreements. Again, we are only referring to arbitration agreements signed uh, in contracts prior to the actual litigation arising. If you, if two people are already in a dispute and they sign an agreement to go to arbitration now, that's a completely different discussion. Um, nothing to do with this. One other thing is, of course, there are questions in halacha about uh, generally speaking in halacha, you're required to go to a bezden before going to a court. Um, I'm not dealing with any of the halacha issues here today. Um, for that, you can go listen to a Asher from your local Orthodox rabbi. All right. Take care, everyone, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Business Law Podcast, a podcast produced and edited by Elemento Productions. That's E L I M E N O Productions.com.